Welcome back to the Outsource Accelerator podcast. With me today is Judah Hirsch. He is the CEO and founder of Solarium. Solarium is a fintech dealing with the gnarly problem around payroll. The Philippine payroll system is one of the most complex in the world, and it's easy uh, as an employer or as a client to get tripped up by the complexities of payroll. And as Judah explains, you know, it's not just the employer's problem about getting it right. If, in fact, you get it wrong, then it can cause a lot of issues with your employees and a lot of employees can just walk out if uh, the payroll isn't done properly. And there are a million complexities with Philippine payroll. So it's a valuable topic to know something about if you are looking to employ or have staff work from the Philippines. As always, if you want any of the show notes, go to outsourceaccelerator.com slash podcast. Enjoy. This podcast is brought to you by Outsource Accelerator. We are the world's leading outsourcing marketplace and advisory. We help big and small businesses with their outsourcing needs, and we can help you too. We cover everything from business and staffing strategy, optimal outsourcing structures, implementations, and fully managed services. If you're already outsourcing, about to start, or somewhere in between, then we can ensure that you get the best from outsourcing. That's the best prices, best terms, and of course, the best results from your outsourcing practices. We list over 700 outsourcing suppliers on our website, host this leading outsourcing podcast, and have over 5,000 pages of content. Because we span the entire market, we can ensure that you get the best deal possible. We offer everything from light brokerage, co-managed services, through to fully managed solutions. Get in touch today. Visit us at outsourceaccelerator.com slash quote. Mention that you're a podcast listener and we will give you special attention plus a 10% discount. This is for a limited time only. Go to outsourceaccelerator.com slash quote. Hi and welcome back everybody. Today I'm joined by Judah Hirsch. He is the founder and CEO of Solarium. Welcome to the show, Judah. Hi, Derek. Thank you. Thank you for having me. We're going to talk about a gnarly subject today, Judah. And first of all, I want to know from you, like Philippine payroll is one of the most complex things to tackle in one of the countries where payroll is one of the most complex countries uh, to really conquer. What made you as a young man when you came here to the Philippines uh, think that you wanted to take on something so complex as payroll? Yeah, uh, so th- thanks for pointing that out. Yeah, F- Philippines is, uh, I mean, payroll in general is a very difficult topic. Uh, Philippines payroll is uniquely difficult. So Philippines is one of the hardest countries to file taxes in, uh, ranked by many organizations in the world, uh, as well as to pay their employees. Uh, I actually got started first when I came to Philippines in the outsourcing uh, arena. So I've been in the Philippines uh, 16 years, and I came here back in uh, 05, 2005 to, to be a GM of a contact center. So I, I like first experienced just all the complexities of payroll and paying employees and just actually managing a very large team. I had about 1,500 employees, uh, you know, just all of that complexity. And then after that, I, I founded a consulting firm um, after that stint. And thankfully, that, that firm, uh, still around today, became kind of one of the leaders in payroll outsourcing in the Philippines. 
So I really understood it kind of from a service dynamic first. And one of the key challenges was really connecting it all together, like the all the way from the timekeeping, you know, capturing the time correctly because that's the input, and then all the way to the output, which is actually paying employees. So banks in the Philippines, huge pain in the ass, um, you know, getting payment to the Philippines. Philippines is one of the difficult countries uh, to to connect payments to. Uh, was really the inspiration just over, I would say, six or seven year journey. Uh, first starting at the outsourcing side of payroll uh, and then finishing on the technology side. Fantastic. And I wanted to get you on the show not to promote your product necessarily, but of course I encourage anyone, everyone, to really not try this at home yourself. And payroll is, is such a complex thing in the Philippines, and of course it has a lot of downsides if you get it wrong. So it's really a good idea to check out Solarium which is Judas product or, you know, there's another couple of products on the market, but this is something that is just so complex. So I wanted to get you on the show, Judah, to, to really deep dive, give people a bit of background into the payroll situation in the Philippines. Sure. Uh, and, you know, I suppose we can start by why is it so complex? What is difficult about this thing? Well, so, so you have a few things. Like one, the tax code uh, and the labor code of the Philippines have not been rewritten in a very long time. So the labor code of the Philippines uh, still exists from, I think, 1979, 1978. So they've just had like revisions and, and updated circulars, but they've not actually gone back to change or update any of the labor code to work with what is a, a modern work environment. So most people don't know this, but it's actually still in the labor code that women can only work till 10 p.m., and actually, the reason that they're able to work in call centers is there's just exemption circulars passed to do that. So, so it's just very bureaucratic here that, that a lot of the policies have not been updated. So that's, that's why it hasn't changed. But what it makes it so complex is you have 32 different hour rates and about 32 different tax types that a human being can have. Right. So an hour rate is, uh, let's say, a regular day. Uh, you pay an employee you know, 100% of their salary. Uh, then you have like a rest day, which would be 1.3% of their salary, you know, 130%. Then you have uh, a holiday, which is like 130%. So what if they work a holiday and a rest day, you don't just take like the average of it or the highest amount, but you actually take like a multiplication of both of those, right? So each variation of days uh, produces a, a totally different calculation. And to give the most extreme, like in the Philippines, we can have a concept of double holidays, Right, so we, we, we'll talk uh, momentarily about the Philippines and the way that they exhibit holidays uh, and, and announce them. But, but you can have a concept of double holidays, which is to say, like, let's say it's, a, it's a Easter Sunday and then also our Easter Monday, that Sunday they moved it to a Monday. And then also it is like Eid al-Fatar. So when you have a double holiday, that's also a rest day and also the weekend uh, of an employee. Uh, and let's say they work overtime you can have a, a rate of 537% of the regular hourly rate, right? So this is like one of the things that makes it super duper complex uh, calculating payroll in the Philippines. Um, the other for, for a lot of companies is just that they have also very unique, every company I will say, you know, we have hundreds of companies and we have hundreds of ways that, that people compute and process payroll. And, it is, it is just so complex as well because also the outsourcing industry is it's known for the different shifts, different shift patterns. Uh, there's also like, there's, you know, there's night shift payments uh, and also people can cross over different days with their shifts. So 
if you're on Easter Sunday and then it crosses over into into the Monday, is it then you don't, as you mentioned, you have to not only sort of allocate per shift, but literally break down every hour of every person's presence at the office? So so that's, that's again, what makes one of the complexities in the Philippines is actually the Department of Labor is kind of opaque on what is the correct way to do that. So some companies do it the way that like if you start your shift, whatever is the hourly rate, you know, like if it's a holiday rate, then then you finish your shift with the holiday rate, right? And so again, they're just thinking over the whole year, it kind of evens out. There are some companies that do it exactly that, like where it breaks down the hour precisely, like when the holiday starts and when it doesn't. Um, you know, and, and then that makes the complexity to build the software because of course we, you know, we want to satisfy clients. So we, we have to build a software that does it both ways. Uh, you know, based on the setting, whatever, the, you know, so there's a configuration that the client can say, yeah, I want it to be that way or the other way. Uh, and that's, you know, that's, that's one of the things that makes building payroll software in the Philippines challenging is that the, some of the government agencies are, are not crystal clear about what is the correct way to compute certain government remittances or, you know, how, how you should deduct them or exemptions from them. And so companies end up kind of doing it themselves, uh, coming up with at least a, their own consistent logic. And then usually the government is okay as long as there seems to be a consistent logic that your company is playing with. Right. And then there's kind of a similar but separate situation with the tax uh, declaration on, on all of those things. Is that right? Because there's different taxes that apply to each individual and some have to be paid at point. Uh, as well as some of the sort of BIR and SSS, they need to be paid monthly regardless of whether someone has worked a full month or one day within the month. So there's a lot of kind of tax considerations and those can also vary depending on the on the individual circumstance of each employee. Correct, correct. Yeah, so it's it's really, again, just another another ball that, that gets juggled into the payroll mix. As, as you started, yeah, it just makes it just so complex because, yeah, there are, uh, government contributions uh, in the Philippines, uh, those are paid monthly. Um, some of them, you know, depending on if, as you said, personal situation, if an employee might have a loan with certain government agencies, which is one of the, the social benefit rights guaranteed by the government, then you might have to remit uh, that as a separate, you know, from the, the regular remittance. Uh, and so just, again, the, the computation of all those things uh, is, is very complex for, for businesses, you know, business owners to do. Uh, and, and to get correct, and it's really important to get correct, is that a lot of people don't know, is the number three reason that uh, an employee resigns in the Philippines is actually due to the fact that they feel their pay is not correctly calculated. So it's a very common cultural thing here. You know, if uh, there is always the joke, you know, if, if the restaurant is not good, uh, nobody complains to the restaurant owner, they just don't go to the restaurant anymore. Uh, and that's, that's really culturally how it's done. People don't like to complain. Uh, it's the same thing even even about their salary. Uh, people, you know, they just think, okay, this company is not computing my salary correctly. Uh, they will just leave. Uh, I, you know, I interviewed somebody last night who told me that that's one of the reasons that he's considering to leave, that he just feels like it, they, that it's not being calculated correctly. And, and yeah, he's, that's very bad for him. And I'm involved in or certainly have a bird's eye view of a lot of companies operating in the Philippines. And it's very easy to be tripped up by all of the compliance and filing requirements, uh, you know, is it? It's it's really almost impossible to stay abreast of all of the changes, all of the updates, and all of the requirements. Can you 
do you like how is that meant to be navigated by the typical business or yeah, it's very challenging. I mean, it, it is, you know, in line with just how the bureaucratic policy of the government to, to push out policies and just see if if they float. Uh, and so that's, you know, we had just recent one where the government increased the contributions to some government agencies. Then, you know, they did that very quickly. So it was uh, announced, I think, within one week, we had to have our software, you know, updated for people to use with the new contribution. And then the night before one of them was supposed to go live, the, gov- the president came out and vetoed it, right? So then we had to like very quickly go and pause that, that particular piece of, of uh, tax software. So, so again, like that, and that's what we do on a full-time basis, you know, like just watching that and doing it. So if somebody was meant to do it on their own, yeah, I would imagine you would need to either have somebody full-time uh, just focus just on that aspect, like keeping things up to date, making sure that, they're, that it's compliant and still compliant, or pay some outsourcing firm uh, to do this for you or have, have this as an outsourced role. And for those at home, you know, I talk to a lot of clients and they sometimes think that I'm, I'm trying to pull a swift one, telling them about the 13th month and possibly 14th month <laughs> payments. Can you give a quick 101 of, uh, uh, to those that aren't so familiar, what is a 13th month? Sure. So 13th month is basically uh, a guaranteed Christmas bonus. Right, because it has to be paid out by December 24th, so that would, you know, kind of insinuate that it's a guaranteed Christmas bonus. And, and essentially, what the 13th month is is the government says after an employee works one month at the company, uh, he starts to qualify for this, and he is paid a proportion of one twelfth, you know, for every month that he works within the year. And so, if he worked a full year, he you would owe him one extra month of of salary, which is the 13th month. Uh, and the law states, yeah, that it must be paid out by December 24th. And of course, this complicates a lot of things because it also changes a lot of the tax bracket. So we have a tax bracket system here. So once the employee gets that compensation, it can often shift them into a higher tax bracket. Uh, and then there is like uh, extra tax that they may owe at the end of the year that, that's not computed. But, but essentially, um, the 13th month is a, is a government-guaranteed uh, Christmas bonus, 14th month, yeah, it was uh, floated a, li- a few years back by one of the senators. So it's a, you know, it is a populist government here. So uh, they're often just passing a lot of the buck to employers. So there was one senator that wanted to curry a lot of favor with his constituents. So he floated the idea that maybe there should also be a mandatory 14th month, which is another month that, that you would have to pay out uh, to employees uh, just at the end of the year. As a kind That's of crazy, yeah. That's that's kind of hard to fathom, and but by separate negotiations. So the thirteenth month is a is a compulsory statutory uh, exactly. payment, or yeah, it's, compul- or it's compulsory. Right? Yeah, like the thirteenth month is a compulsory statutory payment. Like if the employee, like it's something that's accrued. So if the employee, you know, if he gets terminated mid year, one of the things that you owe him as a payout is the proportion is the portion of the thirteenth month that he is accrued. So if he, you know, if he works six months, then you owe him half a month of salary that you have to include kind of in his final pay computation. And of course, like, you know, we, we handle that, that complexity for people as we do it. So what are the solutions to this? It's, it's obviously Solarium is there and these are then effectively a SaaS that, that employees just plug into. And do you manage, because even if you have the right figures, 
it's difficult to really do the filings and stay compliant. Does Solarium manage all aspects end to end, or is there still a sort of uh, a requirement on the employer and, and so, so we try we're trying to smooth it out 100 percent we're, we're pretty close so we we really handle the end-to-end so we we uh do the payment side as well so we have a timekeeping tool uh, you know that does all the scheduling the leave like all of the input data that you would need to to kind of compute payroll of course we have the payroll engine like the payslips uh and then really our innovation very unique to us and most other companies in the world is we have a disbursement uh, module as well called SalPay, uh, which has a Visa card that we issue together with Union Bank. And this is an e-wallet that connects directly to our payroll software. So uh, it was actually born uh, because I was, when I had first started Solarium, I wanted to integrate with some of the banks. Uh, none of the banks in the Philippines uh, at that time, and even, even currently today, would like allow a third-party SaaS company to, to integrate with them. So even if it's protecting their their clients, you know, we wanted to pass the data. Uh, they weren't really interested. And that was uh, very, you know, like confusing to me because it's, it's really for their clients. We were offering to build it. Uh, and then so we just decided to build our, our own closed loop payment system that connects to the payroll engine, right? So uh, we have hundreds of clients that are dispersing the salaries through this. And it's, it's a lot more secure because no information is being downloaded and then uploaded into a bank system. Everything is communicated via APIs in the back end. There's like an audit trail. Uh, it's just a much more secure way to, to move this disbursement data. Uh, there as well, we are just finishing the ability to pay the government remittances through that tool as well. But currently what we do generate is like the, uh, if anybody is familiar, is the .dat files. So there's many of the banks in the Philippines have a kind of facility where you can just upload a certain uh, file in their format that will generate the payment to the government agency. Uh, we, we generate those files. So still the process like that the employer needs to download those files from our system and upload them into their banking system is, is still needs to be done. But we're really hoping uh, kind of in the next few months that we'll be also able through SalPay to process the government payments, you know, the SSS payments and the, and the BIR payments for the employers. That's a huge technical build-out, isn't it, and a technical feat to kind of make all of these different bodies communicate and, and plug into each other. Well, I mean, I joked at the beginning, but what actually, did you think this would be a lot simpler, or were you sort of, you had your eyes wide open to the, the size of this this issue? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm a glutton for pain, I guess. No, uh, uh, I, I, yeah, I knew, I knew it would be very, very complex. Uh, you know, I've been working in payroll for many years uh, prior to founding Solarium. Uh, I know the pain in doing it, right, that, that currently exists today and, and the amount of inefficiency uh, in the market. Like, I, I hate inefficiency. It's like one of my pet peeves. And I also understand the opportunity for solving this pain, right? So whenever there's just a very, very large pain, of course, if you have the ability to solve that pain, uh, that's, that's a really, that's a really great thing. So, so to me, it's like, I, I, you know, I, I always feel problems need to be big enough to be worth to solve. And so I, you know, I've seen this whole thing as just such a disconnected, inefficient system. And now we're trying to build that, that efficiency from end to end. Good. Well, I, I certainly congratulate you for the effort. And you must have a, a fairly phenomenal infrastructure there now. And, and are you finding that you're always having to rebuild everything because APIs change and, 
and uh, I don't know, structures change and, and rules change? Uh, I mean, we had like you're, you're always needing to refactor. You're always needing to improve, right? So there is a, a joke, right, in engineering that as soon as you write a line of code, it, it becomes legacy code, right? It, it's now old code. So you always need to keep kind of updating it. Um, it you know, there, there are technical ways that you want to do it. So it, it saves a lot of time and energy moving forward. But yeah, that's, that's certainly one of the, the challenges is that, yeah, you always need to keep updating it. I mean, we're, we're constantly trying to add new features, new, new functions, uh, and just, just make the software better and better for our, for our clients. And does Solarium involve itself, or are you, I suppose, aware of the different options in terms of employment? Because that's also a pretty gnarly topic as well, isn't it? And, you know, there's a lot of people, especially in outsourcing or more in the freelancer market, where they're not really even engaging in the proper employment market. There's a lot of contractors uh, and, like, basically a lot of people paid over um, PayPal. And do you see, is that even on the radar of the BIR and the, the DOLE? Uh, I, mean, I mean, they're very much aware of it, but it's it's hard, very hard for them to regulate, right? So a lot of those things are self-regulated. I mean, Philippines collects, I think, 16 or 17% of the tax that they think they're owed, right? So they have, they have a fairly inefficient uh, tax collection system as well. So it's, you know, they, I think they're aware, but what can they do? to control it or stop it, like outlaw PayPal in the Philippines, you know, like uh, make a higher reporting requirement. So, so uh, the problem with, with having those reporting requirements is somebody in the BIR needs to read those reports and, and do something with that data. So it's, it's really a chicken and egg type situation. They, they know, they of course know that there are freelancers collecting tons of money that they can't track, but that's why they, they really try to target the things in country that they can, right? So, uh, you know, I'm sure your listeners, uh, don't follow too much of Philippines media, but like one of the big animuses here is like local doctors or local lawyers, right? People that don't sometimes always issue receipts for cash payments. They, they really made a campaign of going after them because that's somebody that you can catch. We're trying to catch a guy that does work for somebody in the U.S. online, like through a website that's hosted outside the Philippines. It's just very hard for them to regulate and, and track that. And it is, you know, it's, it, it seems like it's a tale of two cities because you've got you know, a relatively small number of people that are earning good salaries, they're affluent, and the government comes down hard on them with, with a lot of process and bureaucracy and, of course, high taxes. Um, but it's really only maybe, you know, kind of 10 million, 10% of the population, whereas there's 90% of the population that are maybe subsistence living or living off uh, freelancer and PayPal payments. The estimates are that there's about 3 million people uh, working as freelancers, and all of them, I assume, would be largely off the grid in terms of uh, any formalized taxation and uh, healthcare and things like that. Um, so it's it's certainly a topic that that needs to be addressed, doesn't it? Oh yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's there. There is a lot of inefficient systems, right? Philippines is uh, it's a great country, great great opportunities, but that's always one of the things that's. Uh, that's really held it back is, is just a lot of inefficiency, right, in, in lots of systems. Uh, and do you, do you come across uh, the, the different employment options, like in terms of contractor services and if employment, you know, because typically employment comes with the cost of employer contributions are typically about 20 to 25% of a employee's salary once you consider 
the HMO healthcare and the 13th month. And if you also include sort of redundancy cover, um, then it's it's even more on top of that. Uh, and a lot of prospective clients are thinking, look, I mean, it's nice to properly employ people and do it by the book, but it's like it's just easier to flick them their salary via PayPal and then they, the staff, are expected to sort it out themselves if they want to and then none of, none of it gets done. But there seems a huge sort of gap between just paying someone and uh, the 25% on top of employer obligations. But I suppose to cut a long question short, uh, do you see any any sort of opportunity long-term for contractors or for, for non-employee kind of roles? Yeah, yeah. So, of course, like we, we have clients that, that operate in that way. Um, so, so SalPay, uh, you know, our disbursement tool, um, you can use it to disperse. Like as you compute our payroll engine, as, as I said, you have to compute it for the variety of ways that clients do. So you can turn taxes on, you can turn them off. Uh, so, we, you know, we have some clients that, that are using our tool just to, of course, record the time of their employees, like make sure they're timing in, timing out on time. Uh, making sure their payroll is computed, like giving them a payslip, but but they're they're computing it as if it's like an American company, like they're an outsourcer, not not paying tax in the Philippines, and then just using our tool to to do the final disbursement. Because of course, um, the disbursement through SalPay is a lot cheaper than PayPal. Uh, you know, the company has to set up a SalPay account in the Philippines, but uh, in terms of conversion rates, you know, like PayPal is quite brutal on its conversion. And then mm-hmm. it's uh, it's really charging both the sender and the receiver. So I mean, good for PayPal; they they make tons of money. Um, but you know, the the net cost to both people is much higher. Uh, and yeah, of course, we through Pal, uh, through SalPay, like they can disperse salaries to you know distributed teams throughout the Philippines uh, very conveniently and, and certainly much cheaper. And that you know that can't be understated. Actually, the value of that there's it it's. Look, if you if you're sending one payment across every every year, then then all of the traditional means are none of them are too problematic. Yeah. But if you're managing a team, if you're doing payments regularly, a you want a pretty competitive uh, forex rate, but also b you want as little friction as possible. Yeah, you just want to be able to like have this as a simplified process in your business. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, it's also I, I guess I guess as the the convenient, you know, as the outsourcing market heats up more and more in the Philippines and freelancers have their pick of where to work, it, it, there is, you know, payment convenience, just as we said, for full-time employees, it's also something that affects contractors. Like, oh, if it's hard to get paid, if it, you know, if there's a little bit of friction, they will leave that project and go to another project that's that's more convenient to pay. So that's, that's uh, you know, if you want to be able to convert their hours directly into payment, um, that's something that we, we do quite easily uh, for companies. I, I, you know, I actually didn't know that about Solarium, and I've known you for some time now. But so, you know, you could advise, because I'm, I'm completely agnostic. I just want to promote Philippines sure, sure. Yeah, as a yeah, fantastic yeah. place for professional services. And, you know, whether they are employing them as freelancers or, or gig workers or uh, through BPOs, it, it's all fantastic. And, so, you know, you no doubt advise a lot of uh, entrepreneurs from overseas and it is a very viable pathway then for entrepreneurs to engage staff through the Solarium platform. It can do timekeeping, it can do invoicing, 
and it can obviously then disperse all of the payments all within that same platform. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Like, yeah, this is this is certainly something possible. So we have, we have a lot of uh, different ways to record time or, or to decide how you're going to pay employees. And as we said, it's it's like you know we try to make it flexible. Uh, we have we have some clients that have like combination. You know, they have some team members uh, that that work to in full time. So they need to pay their taxes and some team members that are just contractual, you know, they want to use the same platform to pay everybody. So we have this ability as well. Uh, so we really try to make it flexible for, for the company to kind of decide how they, how they want to get paid. So, you know, it's, I, I think consultant model is, is like a very good model in the Philippines for a lot of reasons, you know, some that we listed that taxes is certainly one of them. Uh, but then, you know, the, you, you meet companies and employees of different types. There are some that they want to be, employed full-time by a company and get the HMO and get like the, all the ability to work and, and build that up. Uh, and then some that want to do freelancing. So Judah, it, it's super important. And I think more important than most countries to get payroll and pay distribution, right? There's a lot of people really living hand to mouth, even if they're earning a pretty good salary. Um, what, you know, how, what are your insights in terms of that part of the requirement? Yeah, so we, we've done actually a lot of market research, uh, like focus group studies. It's something that, that really interested me a lot, just about the financial literacy of Filipinos and their financial planning and capabilities. And, it, and yeah, spot on, even if they're well off, uh, people are really financially illiterate in the Philippines. The, the education is quite low. But what was fascinating is that people are very self-aware of their own financial illiteracy. Like it's, it's something that they're, they're not proud about, but, but at the same time, not ashamed to be like, yeah, I'm, I'm terrible at managing money. I have to give all my money to my wife. Uh, and because of that fact, uh, even people with a well salary, they're really living hand to mouth. And so at late payments is such a critical thing in the Philippines because often they will have other commitments lined up on that day. Like they just have not planned very well. So, so, okay. Like they expect, Hey, I'm going to get paid on the 15th. They have other payments. I'll borrow money from somebody and I'll pay you on the 15th. And they're all good if that happens. But if let's say they pay on the 16th, they might have to pay a 20% interest on the money that they borrowed because they have not planned so well. Uh, so that's, that's really you know, more than other countries uh, because people just don't have access to credit. They don't have access to like financial instruments. Uh, it's really impactful. I mean, that's something that we do try to work with. So we have uh, a credit facility in our in our. Uh, wallet platform as well that enables employees to get like early access to paychecks or uh, quick loans in case you know they they need additional funding or uh, they shouldn't be able to get their their pay for some reason and so much of the philippines is living paycheck paycheck because even the sort of fairly affluent middle class youth they're typically supporting a a big uh, extended family behind their paycheck so um, there's often a lot of pressure in terms of income. And, you know, Solarium is very much a, a fintech and there's a lot emerging in the market and hopefully that these services give them better access to better facilities. Um, do you have any experience with payday loans? And Because obviously that's, that's in high demand, isn't it? And any clients that have spent time with any Filipino workers have probably come across the request for payday loans or, or advances. Is that something you can work into your platform? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks uh, for that, Derek. We have uh, a fully functioning uh, payday loan platform. Uh, we've issued something like 30,000 uh, loans on the platform since since its inception. And it, it works uh, 
exactly as, as you might expect within the app. Employees can open it up uh, anytime before their payday. Uh, within two or three clicks, uh, they're able to gain access. So currently now we have third-party lenders that underwrite these loans. And so the maximum amount is around 3,000 uh, peso. So it's around 75 US dollars, although you know, we're, we're working to increase these amounts. Uh, but the employees are able to gain access to that money in, in literally 10 seconds. Uh, it's on their phone, and then they can go to an ATM and withdraw it. Uh, and that's, that's really a very powerful tool for employees. We have some other uh, payday loan tools that we're rolling out with for employers as well. Uh, and this is really something that, that you know, just enables the whole solution. Uh, there's literally zero liability on the employer. There is zero that the employer needs to do except use Solarium and SalPay like they usually do. So that's, that for us is really uh, kind of what we wanted is to empower the employee. A lot, a lot of times uh, payday loan platforms and a lot of the issues, they, they still go through the employer. So there's a lot of friction that they still have to get it approved by the employer. They have to involve their employer in their financial decisions. And, you know, we're trying to build financial literacy for people and really get them to take control of their, their own finances. So, uh, in our platform, like the, the employer is not the underwriter. Uh, they, don't, they don't take any liability when issuing loans. Uh, it's just really their employee is able to kind of access our platform because of all the data there. Uh, we have third-party lenders that are more than willing to, to lend to the employee's uh, payday loans. You've got a lot of stakeholders. You've obviously got the employees. You've got the employers. Uh, and then you have also potentially the clients of the employers who in, a, in an outsourcing situation. Where do you find you, you, you feel more pull in terms of, uh, you know, system requirements and, and functionality and even people just requesting your service? Uh, so we, we do very well in the kind of mid-market mid um, space. So we have a lot of like mid-sized clients, BPOs. Um, re really, we have a very complex scheduling system. Um, that's, that's one of the key advantages for, for a BPO. Uh, I, I used to run a call center, uh, like a 24 hour, you know, big, big call center. So I'm very familiar of the complexity required in the schedules. So we, we really kind of tackled that. Uh, and then we start to now in the past, uh, year or so really get the big pull from, from very large enterprise clients. Uh, so there is, there is a big demand in the space to, let's say, integrate, from large enterprise solutions like SAP Workday to the local Philippines payroll. Uh, so as we said, Philippines payroll is incredibly complex and uh, SAP and Workday are, are not making uh, Philippines payroll modules anytime soon. It's not, it's very, very low on their to-do list. Uh, so we, we start to really have a big pull, I would say in the past year, working with larger and larger enterprise clients uh, because we have the ability to integrate, let's say their existing HRIS platform or their existing ERP with our localized time and payroll uh, modules. Well, Judah, I salute you. you. You found a big problem that needed a solution, and, and you've done well with that. And anything that kind of simplifies uh, any of the Philippines' super complex structures is, uh, has to be commended. Um, so if anyone wants to get in touch with you, Judah, how can they do that? Yeah, it's uh, best is just go to our website, um, solarium.com. You know, there'll be a little pop-up button or somebody, you know, you can sign up for a demo or somebody will pop up and ask you for a demo. So it's really come to our Facebook page. Uh, but of course, we're, we're interested to work with, uh, with anybody.
Thank you so much, Judah. Thank you as well, Derek. It was a pleasure. That was Judah Hirsch, the CEO and founder of Solarium. As always, if you want any of the show notes, go to outsourceaccelerator.com slash podcast. And if you want to email us anything, just send us an email to ask at outsourceaccelerator.com. See you next time.